Hello, and welcome to the Tap Market Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Scarborough. I'm an entrepreneur who has started, acquired, and more importantly, is focused on growing companies. In this podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs about how they got their start, what their company is about, what has worked for them to get to this point, and how they plan to build their brands. Expect to find actionable tactics that you can use to grow your business and get motivated to get through the grind into a meaningful entrepreneurial outcome that will change your life. I'm thrilled to have you here. Be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Tap Market, and let me know if you've been listening to the podcast. I love connecting and hearing from you. All right, let's get to it. Hey guys, it's Troy with Tap Market. Today we've got Carrie Rouse on of Rouse Fit. Carrie, thanks for coming on. Tell everybody about your business, about Rouse Fit, and how you got your start. Hey, Troy. Thanks for bringing me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So a little bit about Rouse Fit, a little bit about me. I actually have 25 years experience doing project management for technology projects. And it was one of those things you get trapped into. You get a promotion, you get a new job, and you just get sucked into it over and over again, even though there's really no meaning behind it for you. So I've always been into fitness. I've been uh, personal training people on the side for the past 20 years. And I turned 50 last year. You know, you look back at your life and you're like, man, I have got to do something differently. I want to do what I love. So I quit my job, probably the best one I've ever had this past summer. And I thought, you know what? I think I could be poor for a couple of years and make this work. So that's what I did. And, you know, it wasn't long after starting that, maybe a month, I found Ryan Moran's book about physical products. And I just knew at that point. I had to include physical products in it. And so I started doing some research and thinking through how I was going to do that. And one of the pieces of advice is to look at yourself, right? You know, people like you, you understand what their issues are and how to solve those issues. So me being 50 years old and all, I thought, well, what about people that are like over 40 and like just always pushing hard at some sort of physical activity? Because I'm always injuring myself and I'm not going to slow down. And I found out through uh, being introduced from a friend of mine, some CBD products that just, man, it made the world a difference. The total pain that I was having just completely went away and I can continue to push. So I really had it at that point. I I thought, you know what? I've got my audience. I know what the product's going to be. And it is a little bit complicated working with CBD. I know there's a lot of CBD companies out there, but I'm really focusing on the serious athlete. And getting set up was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. You can't advertise like you can with all the other products out there. And also getting credit card processing approval was actually the longest timeline of anything I had to deal with. You get through all that. I hired a special CBD hemp lawyer to help me with all things with, you know, you have to get a special permit and words have to be set up a certain way on the labels. So getting all that stuff done and relaunching the website here in January of 2023 so that it's clear that I'm focusing on the product side of things. So since since I've introduced the products, I am probably 99% focused on the CBD line and only 1% on the personal training. I still have a couple of clients, but I'm not really advertising that. really want to focus on the product side. Take a step back for me and the audience here and tell us about CBD. Because I'm imagining that there's obviously a large portion of the population that's heard of CBD. 
but they've never been a user. Can you give that educational background of what the products are, how they're made, and what technically makes them so effective and great? Sure. CBD is just one, what they call a cannabinoid. CBN, THC, all all these other acronyms that they throw around, they're all cannabinoids. And they're actually in a lot of plants and foods that we already eat. It just so happens that in the hemp hemp plant, it's highly concentrated. And of all the cannabinoids that exist out there, the one that is most plentiful is CBD. So um, because it's the most plentiful, it's also been the most studied of all the different cannabinoids out there. And the way that they work is everybody in their body has what's called an endocannabinoid system. And that system is responsible for several things. It's not the only thing responsible for these things, but it helps regulate your body's response to pain, immunity, inflammation, sleep, and anxiety. So those things can feel like they're out of whack or not working properly. Your body's not responding properly to those items. It's sometimes because your endocannabinoid system is not working properly. In the introduction of the different cannabinoids, with CBD being the main one, can help restore balance to the endocannabinoid system and allow your body to do what it's supposed to do to regulate those items we're talking about. You can take CBD or other cannabinoids in different forms. One of the most common products is an oil that you put underneath your tongue, you hold it there for about three minutes, and that delivers CBD to the whole body and improves wellness for the whole body getting to the endocannabinoid system throughout. And then there's also some topicals, topical creams you can put. It's amazing. This is what sold me on CBD. You just literally put it on the area that's sore. And if the issue is your endocannabinoid system is not working properly, you're going to see a huge difference in reduction of pain. It's just so weird. I just would have never expected something like this from a cream. Another really common one are the gummies that people take for different reasons. And, you know, they could be sleep gummies. And sometimes they have a different combination. All all these things, they're not always just CBD. They're sometimes combined with other cannabinoids. There's kind of three main designations. There's what's called an isolate, where it's just one cannabinoid. Typically, that's CBD. And then there is a broad spectrum, and that could be a number of cannabinoids, just not THC, which is the hallucinogenic one. And then when you include THC with anything, that is the full spectrum. And everyone has their theories on what works better. I will tell you the thing that's been studied most is CBD. So that's all that I carry. I try not to get into the THC world because it just scares people. And there's also more regulatory hurdles that I have to deal with selling THC type products. And you're the products that you're particularly creating are specific for the athlete, for this person over 40, 50. So it's not the THC side of it wouldn't really have a need for your athlete target audience. It's the CBD, the pain cream, et cetera, that you have brought to market that's the important piece for you. Yeah, I, I, there, there's different theories out there about there's a thing called an entourage effect 
which is when you do combine certain cannabinoids, they tend to make each other work better. But there is split research on that, whether that is effective at all, or there's just not enough of it to really make a difference. There's no measurable way to see what kind of difference it made. So there are some products where it's it's full spectrum, a broad spectrum. It's not just the CBD isolate that is for the same purposes, you know, creams, tinctures, and in the gummies. I will say this though, for THC, it will slow you down. If you have too much of it, it's going to really slow you down. So that can be good for people for sleep if just regular CBD sleep gummies isn't sufficient for them. But again, I, I just don't delve into that area. And we've got great results with our CBD isolate sleep gummies. This is fascinating. So where did you get your start? Did you run into a product specifically that you started with yourself that was a third party? Did somebody introduce it to you? Because you're, and you can talk a little bit about this, you're also historically a physical trainer coach. Mm -hmm. You are involved in the industry, if that makes sense, historically too. Yeah, yeah. And it was about three years ago when I was first introduced to it. It wasn't my brand. It was somebody else's brand. And it was just a topical cream. And to be honest with you, I mean, it worked wonderfully, but it wasn't even that strong. So I was just blown away by that. And when I started working with my manufacturer to understand how I wanted my formulation, I wanted it strong. I wanted it as strong as I could get, as strong as I could find anywhere. And that's what we created. Because you don't need to lather it on like it's some kind of lotion for your body. It just takes a small amount on the right area. And for people that are really serious about fitness, me included, I just want it taken care of, right? I want it taken care of as fast as possible and efficiently as possible. If I was given two choices between CBD products, I would choose the more potent one. And one of the frustrations I had when I started looking at the products, even before I created my own line, was that in many cases, they don't tell you the concentration. You have to do the math yourself. They'll sell you on how much CBD is in the whole container. I, I just don't care how much is in the whole container. I want to know how much I get every time I apply it. So that was something that uh, I wanted to do differently than what I'd seen out there. If I think about some of the other entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, they might be a little bit even earlier on than you. So mm -hmm. they might have a product idea, but not understand how they're going to get it to market. Mm -hmm. What did you do first? Did you start a Facebook group? You were a personal trainer, right? So did you go directly to your existing customers that you're coaching and have them try it, give you product feedback, create a Facebook group? I know Because I know you have a Facebook group now. How did you get that initial product testing to understand that this is the product I want? And then how did you start to actually reach the broader market? So I had some trial and error, which I think everybody probably needs to expect. Yeah. When I first started on this, the way that I found the product is a little bit different than most people. What I started doing is I would visit spas in the area. And I would look at see what CBD lines they were carrying. And if the relationship was good, sometimes they would admit they're like, yeah, this is our own label. And I was like, okay, that means they're white labeled. <laughs> and it was just a matter of researching to figure out who those manufacturers were and then asking some questions like, well, why did you choose them? And it's funny, sometimes you'll find out like they went through four or five different manufacturers 
they were bad for this reason, this reason, this reason, but this one's great. Well, I just cut out some research that I was going to have to do on those other four manufacturers. And I found one that somebody else has already vetted. So it cut down the amount of time I spent trying to pick out the right manufacturer. And also, if somebody had really good communication, that's something I was really interested in. I would know that right away when I talked to them about their product. So that's kind of how I got to the manufacturer a little bit faster. In terms of testing, I will tell you where I started with this whole thing was it wasn't necessarily serious athletes. It was people who woke up with pain from sleeping, which is an issue I was having. You wake up, your neck's hurt, whatever, you just can't get comfortable. And so I started running these really, really basic Facebook ads, just a blue screen with white letters. Do you have trouble sleeping? And do these things describe you? And they would click on it. And I did that to try to build up likes for my Facebook page. And then once they got to the Facebook page, you could invite them to your Facebook group once they got on your page. The people who were responding like crazy to that were 65-year-old women. More than anybody else, that's who I was getting. And I could have chosen that as my who, but I'm not a 65-year-old woman. And I just don't know if I have the energy to continue to serve an audience that I don't know very well. And so I had some discussions with some of the mentors in the group and everything and talking about my different options. And you know, I kind of got two groups of people that were responding, but one was really obvious. And I decided not to go with the 65-year-old women who are having difficulty sleeping. I was going to go with more of the athlete side. Then I had to really think about, is it really pain from sleeping that was bothering them or is it from injuries from working out? So that's where I was trying to ask more questions in my Facebook group and also try to put together some challenges that were really more focused around fitness because those are the things I'm just really comfortable with. I can throw up a challenge and I'm be participating and asking other people to participate and share. I will be honest with you though, I gave it maybe four or five iterations, maybe that's not enough, but it wasn't getting very much engagement at all. So I decided from that point that I was going to kind of tone down the Facebook challenges because I really wasn't getting more than maybe one person to participate. And I shifted my focus then to try to draw in more people and get more recognition. I tried advertising on TikTok and I only did that for about a month. And I'm, I'm trying to advertise by giving away white papers for recovery from workout or the right foods to eat or exercises to do, things like that. And I was finding that they weren't drilling down far enough. Like my chances of producing contacts who are actually buyers were pretty small. I just think the quality of people that were coming in from TikTok wasn't, wasn't nearly high enough. And I'm kind of scared with the future of TikTok. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I felt like I was putting too many eggs in that basket. So I shut that off. So I'm doing something different now. And I feel like this is actually working. And I am reaching out to influencers on all the different platforms that seem to have an audience that resonates well with serious athletes and just offering to help them. And I'm still new at this. 
I know that I need to be reaching out to them with give first, give first, give first. If they, if they decide to reciprocate, great, but don't expect it. Don't ask for it. So trying hard to take that kind of mentality, just what can we do to help them? I mean, one thing that's easy to do is give free products. So I have a couple of sample sizes of things that I just give out. And it's fantastic when they love it, when they love the product and they write back about it. Then we have a little bit more conversation about it. And I set them up as affiliates for us. So I'm really doubling down on that effort to focus on growing our reach through influencers as opposed to paid advertising. This is interesting. You started off almost with cold targeting, Mm -hmm. even though there are some aspects to what you were doing that are warm audience targeting. If I'm breaking this down sort of for the the tech market audience listening, the notes that I'm taking away here is, you know, we're running Facebook ads to a Facebook group. That technically can work if you're serving people in that Facebook group. But it's, it is going to be a slow process to build that community. You have to build it to a certain size You get to get them to take action. A lot of times that can be used more broadly. So if you have a community that you want to serve just on a specific topic area, like Evan has, a, has Scorch Marker as an example, and his community that he's built, his Facebook group that he's built, is all about like the DIY space, like the, the DIY crafts person. And you can find from that community then a lot of times the product that you want to bring to market by asking them. And then you sort of pivot to the TikTok side. TikTok was trying to grab cold traffic and converting them through the lead magnets. That could or should work, but I, I agree with you. I think that takes a little bit more time because you... TikTok doesn't know who you're serving. So it's trying to figure that out, right? It's trying to figure that out. And the only thing that it knows is a conversion. So you have to buy enough conversions and let them know that TikTok, you're doing something right for it to sort of reiterate that conversion. Now you're going to influencers. I think this is a really good path for you. Um, because I think you have some marketing limitations with regards to CBD. So you're going to be able to leverage these warm audiences of people. And the fact that when you give somebody a sample, it weeds out the influencer because someone will come back and be like, this worked for me. I identify with this product now. It's going to be very easy for you to go from that ultimate give of, hey, just try the free product out. Tell me what you think to, hey, like, how can we work together? Do you want to post something about it? Do you want to become an affiliate, get an affiliate link and talk about it? Do you want to guest blog on my blog? And we'll send you followers as well. There's definitely a market there. Jason Grubb, you might know, he's a guy that is in his 40s. He's won CrossFit games. Might be somebody to to reach out to. I don't know if he is into this space already. But when I think about your target market, I'm like, man, Jason's that guy, right? Like he's the ultimate athlete. If he resonates with it or someone like him resonates with it, they're going to be great sort of spokespeople for your brand. And you don't need that many. I think everybody has this misconception that you're, it's a lot of work to get a lot of influencers. I really think you only need a handful. It's a lot of work to go after the hundreds it may take to get a handful, but it's just like you talked about introducing yourself 
potentially giving them a sample or a free product, getting their feedback. And it's just like any other marketing funnel. You put a bunch of them in the top of the funnel. Some of them start to work their way through. And at the bottom of the funnel, you've got five that really resonate with your company. And then take them as far as you can. And they'll create a sort of baseline for your business that'll let you reinvest back in to either get more influencers or do more of that cold marketing because you've got more customers converting now. You have more intel to provide back to the, to the algorithms. I will say this. Even if people aren't running cold marketing, you should put the pixels on your pages. Like the Facebook pixels, TikToks, Google Analytics, all these things need to be on your pages and sending data back and forth. Because if you ever do want to turn it on, they have to be there. You can't just go cold turkey onto them. Yeah, I can't tell you off the top of my head right now. I mean, I've had those things built into the website. I just don't know if they're still there. I think they are. I did have a couple of lessons learned, even most recently, about about the audience. So I mentioned I was going to aim for people over 40 who are athletes. And I want to put a plug in right now for the Capitalism Incubator. I just joined that soon after getting my website live, and it was coming up to pitch week. And I just jumped in. I was like, well, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to try to put a pitch together. So I did put a lot of time in, made a pitch, and then I was really questioning whether I had the proof that I had the right audience. And so I started doing interviews, like real interviews, like 45 minute interviews with people to understand that were my target audience. And I started to discover something. It wasn't that athletes over 40 were the great fit. What I discovered was it was very, very serious athletes. And it didn't matter what age they were. And so I have changed my marketing and my copy to be closer to that in terms of who I'm trying to reach out to right now. So lesson that one is uh, incubator and having you go through those exercises are going to be valuable, whether you're pitching, you're actually pitching to somebody or not. And two, you kind of learn that you've got to, like they say, go back to the basics and you got to really understand your who before you dive too far in. Yeah. You have to do the hard, boring stuff, right? You can't just cut to the cold marketing and get all the results and expect that to work. I'm glad you went and talked to, to the audience. There's actually, I think it's Jason of Element 26 who is on here, talks about this a lot. He targets an audience, a CrossFitter, and he uses the marketing imagery and even verbiage in his, on his website, on Amazon, on the products. But it ends up resonating with a much broader audience, like just the average everyday workout guy, because they kind of look at it and go, you know what, this is good enough for a CrossFitter. I'm not a CrossFitter. It's going to be good enough for me. And it's priced appropriately for me to still use it. So I could see how if you're like, hey, this CBD cream works really well for CrossFitter or serious athletes, shoulder pain, let's say. If a 65-year-old woman sees that and they do not identify as a CrossFitter, they might be like, that's the type of cream I need. I need cream that's working for guys that snatch 300 pounds and I'm just sleeping weird on my shoulder. And you'll get the byproduct of all of those other sales by targeting that audience still. 
Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, and I've heard the same thing from Jason. So that uh, totally makes sense to me. <laughs> There's actually a book too. I think it's called The Mom Test. Uh, I've read it. It's awesome. On interviewing, right? Yes. Yeah, it's worth reading for people because one of the problems that a lot of people have is that they interview customers or prospective customers or anybody, and it's all biased. They're sort of preemptively leading people down a path to get the answer that they want to get. And the mom test talks about ways to eliminate that bias. Because like, I think it's called the mom test because it's like when you talk to your mom and and she's just going to tell you that she loves you Mm -hmm. and that she's happy for you no matter what. You have to eliminate that when you talk to people. It's worth a listen. It's actually, I did it on, on Audible. I'm sure you can order it off Amazon too, but it's worth it because if you're really trying to make your business better, you can't have that bias in there. You really have to get raw data back that you can make improvements from. Yeah, I think one of the key concepts from that book is ask them questions without them knowing that you even have a product. Yeah. So you've got a few products now that are launched in market, uh-huh. you've got some consistency. You're, you're selling on your website. You're selling on Amazon. That's another thing. You can't sell CBD on Amazon, so you just it's not possible. So just your website. You using any third party marketing agencies? Any third party fulfillment? Doing all of it yourself? My manufacturer drops ship directly. That's part of why I chose them. I have specifically set up my Shopify site with the shipping application that they use. So they literally get it showing up on their screen when something orders from my website. So I don't have to do anything with the shipping. It's great. That's the owner's model times 100. That's huge. So you don't touch products. So you're really focused on marketing, reach, relationships. Yeah. I want to share this because it's. I want people to think about creative ways to form partnerships I've yet to see how this is going to work out since it's so new for me. But I have partnered with a company called PickleballTournaments.com. They are the premier software creator for pickleball tournaments in the world. They have tournaments running worldwide all the time. I signed up as a vendor to get to offer freebies to participants and the tournament organizers get to choose which freebies they want. And they reach out to me and say, hey, I've got... 300 people in a tournament in Mesa, Arizona. And in about two months, we would love to get your CBD relief cream. Great. And I basically work with my new manufacturer. We have some sample sizes we send out with a special card with all of them that has my information and a coupon code. And we get it in the hands of people who literally could use it for that specific event at that very time to get feedback and hopefully get some purchases out of that. So that is kind of a big deal. And I'm hoping to get get that out in front of a lot of people. I like that because you can really get to a a very specific audience. And if you can get purchases from that and get them talking about it, it's a community, right? Mm -hmm. If everybody starts to, to resonate with it, then you could get everyone buying it. Do you do like a subscription model? I can. Yeah. I mean, basically I have a, I have an application you can add into your Shopify store that allows you to create a subscription discount for any product you want on whatever frequency you want, whatever discount you want. And so I've set that up as a possibility for anybody that wants to do it on any of the products that I have. 
subscription's big. I think I think it's worth pushing it. It's worth discounting it. It's worth figuring out what the lifetime value is of your customers so that you can really hone that in and say, if we get somebody to subscribe, how much further can we take that lifetime value? Therefore, how much can we really discount this to bring them in? We have a subscription box called LawnServe and uh, it's DIY lawn care subscription. The best part about it is that each month when we send them what they need to grow a healthy lawn, it's consumable. So it's gone. So next month during their growing season, they need another product. The same thing happens here, right? It's not like stock of the month club where socks can just pile up in your dresser. It's a cream or a product that is they're going to consume and therefore next month they need more. It's like a coffee subscription, right? Mm-hmm. A company that does it really good, there's a mushroom coffee company called Everyday Dose. I'm a customer myself. And they let you just completely customize it. They send you out a very transparent email days before with a link to manage your subscription, to skip this, to delay it 30, 60, or 90 days, whatever it is. And I've done that. And instead of canceling, I've just managed my subscription and they're really transparent about it. So I've been recommending everybody that does sort of a subscribe and save model, just be as transparent and easygoing as you can. And the customers will love you for it. And they'll stay longer and you'll get more value from them. Even though I feel like the old days was trying to trick in push everybody as far as you can so that they stacked product as fast as you can. I think that those days are gone. I think the consumer is too smart um, and it's too easy for them to cancel and it's too easy for them to go to their credit card companies and give you a chargeback and all those other negative things that are just really going to hurt your business. It's just not a good way to do business. Yeah. So turn it on, find those little functionalities and make it work. It'll be a difference. Yeah, I'll double check the app that I have. I, I do believe there's a setting in there that allows them to you know, pause it anytime they want. So if this community could help you in any way in sort of the next goal, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Is it buying a product? Is it joining the Facebook group? How are people finding you? For the people in this community, if they feel like their audience includes serious athletes, then I would love to take their product and put it in my newsletter. And if they want, they could put my product in their newsletter. That's one way, that, probably the easiest way to work together. If there's other ideas, I'm, I'm open for it. In terms of like connecting, you know, I, I don't require somebody to buy from me first. They can just reach out to me at my email, carry at rousefit.com. There's tons of ways to reach me as well. If they go to rousefit.com, if they can reach out that way, I will respond personally to anything that I get. Fair enough. The, I, in your plug there, that's exactly why tapped market exists, right? Everybody that's listening, just note that. This is the the future that we believe in is that co-marketing brand to brand for warm audiences is what small companies needs to be doing. You can find other brands that talk to the same audience as you and find ways to partner up, whether it's putting little card inserts into the mailers, into the boxes that you send out to your existing customers, whether it's social media partnerships for likes, follows, and giveaways, whether it's emailing each other's lists 
introducing the products to your audience or coming on and writing a guest blog about your specific topic, the knowledge that you have on your industry to link back to your company for conversions. Everybody's looking for content. Everybody's looking for value to bring to their audience. Brand to brand, I think, is the most powerful way to do it. That's why Tapped Market exists. I'm looking forward to finding some of the brands that we've talked to to do this with and for you because I think you just have such a unique product. We work with a lot of this like man, dad, athlete space. Mm -hmm. Myself, Force and Herald, men's accessories, targeting the modern dad, right? We've got Drew Camp at the Epic Dad Company targeting that modern dad, but he has a pre-workout supplement company. You've got Jason with Element 26 who has physical goods with the weight belts, the grips, the knee sleeves. All of these are already like just low-hanging companies that you could partner with that aren't getting into the CBD athlete space at all. So it's very easy to find ways to work together and where everybody wins, right? If you're a small company, Maybe you're giving an affiliate link to a company that's bigger than you so they can earn the difference in the value that they bring to the table in cash for giving the full exposure. There's a bunch of different ways to get unique and creative around that. Yeah, those are all really, really good ideas. I agree totally. And that's how, especially since I really can't directly advertise CBD. So I look to other opportunities like what you just mentioned to work with others. Yeah. And that they'll also have the normal influencers that you think of, the social media influencers as well, right? They'll have people that they work with and they may be able to make an introduction to one of their influencers to add value to them and say, hey, I, I know Carrie of, of Rouse Fit. Would you be interested in trying his product and make an introduction? And it just breaks the ice so much easier for getting the flywheel started for you. If I were you, I'd continue to layer into that. And I'll make a few introductions after this that I think will help get that. And once you prove the concept, it's just off to the races because now you can tell a brand that you work with, hey, if you've got 25,000 people on your email list, the last guy that emailed 25,000 people about our product mm -hmm. made five grand or something in affiliate income because our conversion rate was you know, X. Yeah, it all snowballs. But I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us. I'm looking forward to also having you back as you continue to launch more products. I'm going to push this out to our existing audience at Tapped Market, but also to the Forrest and Herald team, because I think it's just a perfect fit for our customers. We talk a lot about health as part of the health, wealth, relationships and style there. So we'll push that out. For them, I'll also be doing some YouTube videos, um, some UGC through Tapped on the product. So everybody should check out the YouTube channels and the social media channels to get a better understanding of how these products work. So, Carrie, I appreciate you coming on, bud. This has been fun. Yeah, Troy, this is great. I really appreciate you having me. And I'm thinking maybe in the future I'll incorporate some podcast type stuff and I'll, I'll be reaching out to pick your brain. I like it. So everybody, you can go to rousefit.com. You can go basically on any social media channel. Carrie's just a beast when it comes to social media. Look up Rouse Fit and they can find you there. Yeah, it's uh, either going to be Rouse Fit or Rouse Fit Health, depending on the channel. But if you go to the website, 
Rouse Fit, all the icons are on there. It'll get you anywhere you want to go. Awesome. Thanks, bud. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Hi there. If you found this podcast helpful, I would appreciate it if you took a minute to leave a review. This increases the reach to more entrepreneurs and other people interested in the products, brands, entrepreneurial stories, and their successes. So we can create even more positive small business outcomes. Take a screenshot, tag me in your social stories to friends. This means the world to me to know this podcast has influenced your day and life in a positive way and that we get to be a part of your own journey. With gratitude from me, until next time, go make it a great day.